You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 93. Well, hey there, Amy here. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. And thank you so much for spending some time with me today. If you've been listening to the past few episodes, you know that I was in Boston this past weekend. Well, at the time of this recording, I was in Boston for my mom's 83rd birthday celebration. And actually, I spent a week prior to that in Michigan helping my brother out with his two kids so that he and his wife could actually spend about a week in Italy. And then after that, we all went to Boston for the celebration. So while we were in Boston, we had dinner at Legal Seafood, and there was a huge spread of food. So in addition to oysters and shrimp cocktail and mini lobster rolls and sushi display for hors d'oeuvres, we also had really, really good New England clam chowder, and then our entree and dessert. So that was on Saturday. On Sunday, we then drove to Springfield, Massachusetts, where I was born, and we stayed at the Valentine Mansion, which if you're in western Massachusetts and you find yourself needing a place to stay, I definitely recommend the Valentine Mansion. Catherine was a wonderful host. Anyways, so despite all the food that I had, I actually still lost a couple of pounds <laughs> taking care of those two boys who are again six and ten and very active. So after one full week on my own, so I got there on October 13th and my brother left on the 15th. So my partner, Matt, arrived a week later on Thursday. And it is definitely so much easier with two people. So for those of you who are parents, my hat's off to you, especially if you're a single parent, because I really don't know how you do it. And for those of you who don't know, I actually do not have any kids. And my preference is actually kids when they're three and under. I'm very comfortable with that age. Done lots of overnights for that. But when they're a little older, there's obviously more challenges. And I can't talk about this without at least sharing a couple of the lessons that I learned while I was watching them, which I lovingly refer to as a crash course in parenting. (laughs) So when it comes to brothers, they're always jockeying for position and attention. So this was an interesting experience just in terms of understanding what was making them tick, why they got along sometimes and other times they were fighting. And then developmentally speaking, for the younger one, when he got frustrated and mad, there was a lot around teaching him how to process that anger and then appropriate ways to respond. Because as the younger brother, he clearly didn't have the same skill set as his older brother, at least not yet. 
And then finally, it really was incredible to see the power of your thoughts and beliefs. Because both of these kids, especially the first couple nights, were scared when they went to bed. So the younger one actually had been suffering from nightmares. So I introduced them to Winnie the Pooh and we watched a specific movie. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a line in it where Christopher Robin tells Pooh, you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And when the little one went to bed that night, When he told me he was still scared about having nightmares, I told him, all you have to do is think about Winnie the Pooh. And he said, no, I want to think about Tigger. (laughs) So I think the lesson here is just how important it is, even right before you're going to bed for a six-year-old, to think about happy thoughts. So on that note... Let's talk about some of these thoughts and beliefs that you may have. So this is now part four of a five-part series on why you haven't been able to lose weight. And we're talking about thought mistakes that, when you're able to reframe them, can make lasting weight loss easy and inevitable. So in part one, I took a look at the thought or the belief that, quote, I should be able to do it on my own. And here I'm referring to weight loss on my own. In part two, we looked at the thought, I can't eat what I really want if I want to lose weight. So the conclusion here is that in order to lose weight or even just to be healthier, you have to deny yourself of what you really want. In part three, I looked at the thought, I'll start on Monday. And then today, in part four, we're going to take a deep dive into the thought, I've done all the things and still haven't lost weight. I've tried everything. Or what haven't I tried? Or I'm doing all the things. Those are all variations of this one thought. So when you say, I've done all the things. What does that actually mean? So if you are referring to traditional diets, ones that are restrictive in nature, that focus on losing weight quickly, then I absolutely agree. These programs don't work in the long term for the vast majority of people. And here... When we look at not just the actions, but the thought process, right? One of my clients who used to do a lot of calorie counting shared her thought process here. So she would say, I'm doing everything right for a week and the scale is barely moving. And so then what did she do? She gave up and she ate everything she saw for a day. And the next day, She steps on the scale and she lost weight. And she thought, see, I was starving myself. And now that I'm eating a lot again, I'm losing weight. And what did she do? She proceeded to keep overeating, thinking I'm fixing my metabolism. Of course, 
as she kept overeating, she wound up gaining weight, not losing weight. So here, if you go into it thinking, I've done everything and nothing's working, or I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing and I still haven't lost weight, then if it's not working, why bother trying? You've just given yourself permission to go off the diet. So again, whether you have successfully lost weight on the popular weight loss programs that are out there, or you gave up after just a couple of weeks, my point here is that they're unsustainable. And so, yes, if you've tried any of these popular diets and weight loss programs out there, then that idea of I've tried everything and nothing works makes sense. Except for you haven't tried a program that includes more of that mindset stuff. And I'm not talking about the psychology behind like the the Noom diet, which is still about restricting calories at the end of the day. I am talking about mindset stuff as it relates to managing your thoughts. So when you say, again, that you've tried everything, if it's diets, then I agree. But if by doing everything, you mean that you're consistently doing the fundamental five that we use inside Moxie Club, and by that I mean the five fundamental habits of drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, eating enough fruits and vegetables, eating until you're comfortably full, and moving, right? 30 minutes of mindful movement a day. Barring some medical condition that's really doing a number on your metabolism, you are missing something. In other words, you aren't doing everything. And so here are the three most common oversights. The first one is if you say you're doing everything and you've only been doing this for about a week, I need you to give it at least 21 days. Actually, more like six weeks because there are some things that happen at a cellular level that's hard to say, cellular level, (laughs) that literally take your body about two to three weeks to recognize, hey, things are different now. We need to make some adjustments. That homeostasis that we've been trying to maintain, which is something all biological creatures try to do, your body needs the opportunity to actually recognize hey, something is really different this time. We need to adjust accordingly. All right, so I would ask that you wait at least six weeks before you start looking for significant changes in things like your weight or even if you're measuring inches or body composition because literally you need to give your body time to adjust, okay? The second most common oversight I see is this idea that I have to eat less. And what I will tell you that is that in many cases, when you add more fruits and vegetables, 
volume-wise, you're actually eating more. So it's really not eating less, it's eating differently. And if you front load your veggies, they will taste better when you're hungry. And here I will tell you, as I tell all my clients, you always have permission to eat what you wanted. All I want you to do is literally front load those fruits and vegetables. So if you like starchy vegetables like baked potato or you love bread, I'm not saying that you can't have them. You won't hear me say that. What you will hear me say is that the U.S. diet tends to be lacking in sufficient fruits and vegetables. So we're looking for the nutrients as well as the fiber that you get from plants. And just because I'm focused on fruits and vegetables doesn't mean that protein and healthy fats aren't important. So when we look at a healthy plate, a healthy meal, we want to have a mix of fruits and vegetables, protein, and fat. Because fiber creates that feeling of fullness in your stomach. And fat signals to your brain that you are satisfied. You get that feeling of satiety. So if you find, for example, your breakfast doesn't have any fruits and vegetables. Let's say you you have coffee and you have a couple eggs with a little cheese mixed in and a couple slices of toast. That's a very typical breakfast. What we want to do is make sure we get some fruit in there or maybe some even some vegetables like spinach and mushrooms. So instead of just having two eggs with cheese, maybe you're doing like a little scramble or omelet, okay? And then the third oversight here is thinking that you can't eat until you're satisfied. And here, we're talking about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you've had enough, when you're comfortably full. And when people say the word satisfied, oftentimes we're confusing emotional hunger with physical hunger. So if you find yourself, for example, thinking a lot about food, I noticed that in um, the Weight Watchers support group where two-thirds of the posts are showing pictures of food. If you're triggered to eat when you think about food, that's different from being triggered because of the hunger cues that you get that maybe your energy wanes or you have that hollow feeling in your stomach or you know, my, my stomach doesn't growl, but I know that Matt's does when he's hungry because I can hear it. So if you're thinking about food as a way to be emotionally satisfied, what we want to work on is being satisfied with your life. So when I talk about that habit of eating until you're comfortably full, we are talking about a plus four on the hunger scale. And when we do that, we're really aiming to create a calorie deficit of only 200 to 300 calories per day, which means you are basically losing weight while you're sleeping. 
And the reason we we aim for such a small number, such a low number, is because what we don't want to happen is we do not want the body to sense that it's in a state of physical scarcity, so that it doesn't then downregulate your metabolism. Right? It doesn't slow it down. So if you're not losing weight, then chances are that plus four for you, what you're defining as plus four, is probably closer to a plus five, which is more about maintaining your weight. So to create that 200 to 300 calorie deficit, we are talking about leaving somewhere around three to five bites on your plate, or maybe even just serving yourself a little less, or perhaps using a slightly smaller plate. Okay, so when I say this, if you find yourself resisting this idea of eating less, if you're like, but Amy, I'm already eating less than I was before. Am I not going to trigger a state of scarcity? Chances are there's a thought that's triggering a fear of something. Okay, And when I say something, I'm talking about fear of process, as in you don't know how to do something, fear of the outcome, or fear of loss. Loss is a big one. So again, when I tell you that it's about eating differently or even maybe eating a little less, if you find yourself resisting that idea, I want you to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And this is really where coaching can make a huge difference for people. Because for one thing, that soundtrack that's been playing in your head, that narrative or that story that you've been living with, you can actually barely hear. But when you say it out loud, when you talk to us, we haven't been living with that soundtrack. So we're able to reflect back what we're hearing. And it'll feel like you're hearing it for the first time out loud. And then the second thing is really, we're the observer here. This is not our problem that we're trying to solve. It may actually be one that we've solved already. So the other thing we're doing is we are able to bring a different perspective. One that is often a blind spot, if you if you will. And it's so it's really just that we're lending you a different perspective. Uh, a, a great metaphor for that would be when you are trying to read the label of a bottle and you're inside the bottle. Okay, we're on the outside of the bottle when we're coaching. And so we know what to listen for and re, we can reflect back what we're hearing. And oftentimes with coaching, what we're also doing is we're connecting the dots. And when we do that, then what you're afraid of, that thought or belief that's not serving you, then becomes obvious. And with awareness, then we have now the opportunity to reframe it. So again, I will tell you the fundamental five, those habits make weight loss inevitable. And with the thought work we do inside Moxie Club, it is the easiest and fastest way to get to that lasting weight loss that you seek 
because we help you uncover what's been keeping you stuck. So if you would like some coaching, I do offer a mini coaching session and it's completely free, no strings attached. To schedule a session, all you have to do is go to moxie-club.com and select the programs tab. And then you'll be taken to the link to schedule a mini coaching session. And truly, I would really love to help you get unstuck so that you can move forward with ease. All right. So I'm going to end today's episode with a quote by Frank Herbert. The beginning of knowledge is the discovery of something we do not understand. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. Mm -hmm.